M. Lemuel Gonzalez, repentant sinner, and along with Amity Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson, Without Works. In today's episode, we're, we'll revisit He Gets Us, as facts have come to light to that question the sincerity of the people behind it, and not necessarily the good news. Then, Lemuel will continue to look at the foundations of the faith in The More You Know. We spoke late last year, I believe right around Christmas, Mm. about the advertising campaign simply titled He Gets Us. We talked a little bit about the money behind the advertising campaign, which was then um, delegated to be something called the signatory, but nobody knew who was paying into that or what that was exactly. Uh, Since that time, uh, there have been several more ads ascribed a lot on uh, social media posts. There have been more billboards put up in cities around the country, and there have been television commercials that aired both in NFL postseason games and two ads in the Super Bowl. One of them showed a bunch of stills of children helping others, urging us to be childlike, and the other showed scenes of conflict, specifically in the United States, specifically very often between people of color and white people, although in black and white images, um, and also between the police and the police, duh, uh, with the odd uh, sort of tagline of, he loves who we hate. Uh, And those two ads alone cost $20 million. The uh, several media outlets have been looking into both the media buys themselves and the people behind them. Uh, And so there's more information now uh, than when we first talked about them. Has your concept of them changed? Or do you want me to kind of get into sort of where... Why don't you get into where and then we can talk about where I'm at with them. So the money involved, a lot of it is still sort of un trackable. It mm-hmm. is anonymous donors. But what the signatory is, it turns out, is not a nonprofit. It is a wealth management company. Uh. Um, I happen to have actually a couple of clients whose job is philanthropic consultants. They do uh, various work helping foundations and organizations with philanthropic money figure out where that goes. The signatory is that. It is a philanthropic consulting group for evangelicals. That's what they're doing. They are saying if you have a large amount of money and you don't know where to put it (coughs) or how to distribute it, we can do that for you. And... um, Inside of groups like these, and this is not a, this isn't like a shady type thing. This is a, it's a, it's a product of capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a shady thing, but 
generally, the, these um, sorts of organizations are out in the world. If we, if you happen to come into a windfall of money and you wanted to give some away, you might look for one of these. If you didn't want to set up a foundation or didn't think that you were the one to figure out best where your money was going to go or didn't want to do the research, that's what these people are doing. Um, and you can go to these groups and and be as as involved with your monies as you would like. So you could say, I wanted to do the most good for as many people as possible. That could be your stipulation. You could say, I wanted to go to these specific organizations. Mm. You could, I mean, so there is a gamut that they run. And of course, these organizations do tend to cater to extraordinarily wealthy individuals. So really, whatever you want is what they are going to do for you. Okay. That is what this group is. They target, you say target, they cater to rich evangelicals. A phrase, I don't even think should exist, but that's fine. So first, that that's first of all what this group is, um, which is a little more clear than what we kind of knew what right, they were before. Exactly. One of the people who has come out and said that they are a part of the funders of these this particular uh we'll call it an offering ad, okay an ad campaign would it's be, an ad campaign, right. but what it is for the signatory is a mutual fund or something along those lines. It is a fund of money that they are putting into this marketing campaign because mm-hmm. that really is all that this is that they want to get up to a billion dollars over three years to market Jesus now um, there are so many problems with this but we'll start with a sort of problem with the basic premise of the idea that these evangelicals um, are either telling the signatory or the signatory is telling them, I don't know, I'm not part of this group, so I don't know how this communication is happening. But what has been determined is Christianity is not popular among the young. So we need to make Jesus look better to these people. What they're fundamentally misunderstanding is that Jesus is not the problem with Christianity exactly. that non-believers and the young have a problem with. And it's interesting. <laughs> I, I shared with you a number of videos uh, mm-hmm. that were discussing the subject. Mm-hmm. And some of and them And I'll were, link them. Right. I have a problem with some of them, what we can maybe right. talk about. But, um, some um, of them I don't like were both religious people who were more liberal-minded and discussing this issue. And they were, their problems with it were pretty much my problems with it. If you had $20 million while you were advertising the Super, mm-hmm. uh, the super Bowl, yep. you could have done the fed soup so kitchen instead. You could have... You could have fed, housed, educated healed people. people. You, you could, could have, have yeah. right. You could there have done a, a lot There is a lot more. of things that $20 million will do. And an ad buy of $1 billion over three mm-hmm. years could be spent so, so much better <clears throat> than... Right. And once again, I think I I made this point previously, that money basically disappears into the pockets of media companies. Mm. That's who's getting the money, is 
already wealthy media companies. Right. And so in to And at the advertising following company. what you said earlier yeah. about the problem with Christianity and young people is that what uh, in, in the three of the videos I shared with you, yeah. there was a range of religious people who had issues with it, and there were skeptical people, and there were some outright atheists, yeah. one of them was, or at least two of them were. Mm -hmm. And even though some of their what they said was a little bit offensive, not very, but a little bit, they all agreed to a person, well, nobody has a problem with Jesus. Exactly. Jesus is a great guy, right. whether or not you believe he's divine. The he's only person that has a, a problem guy. with Jesus in the conversation about uh -huh. these ads are people like Charlie Kirk, who mm -hmm. think that this is too woke, right. and that you're not discussing Jesus's divinity uh -huh. enough. Right, which I did run into some of those too, which uh, baffles me, because I don't understand... Um, if you're if you are trying to re or represent Jesus accurately, you are going to represent as one of the the, the critics said, the wokest person who ever lived, perhaps right. somewhere in yes, well, just about yeah, um, because he does do these re just really does things to the extent where people don't do them anymore. He's give up all of your money. Yes, yeah. female dis what women are, are are set aside and they're actually set separately in the synagogue no no they're going to come along with us mm -hmm. we have female disciples he's doing these really just doing the absolute most and so misrepresenting him is what the church has been doing for quite a long time right and now they're mad that this is kind right. of bringing it back and like there's anger that these kind evangelical these good evangelicals have been taken on a ride by this map marketing team mm, right and 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 scanned by this woke right. which is like a that's a that's a wild read um but another wild read is so as i say to the the there's a very dangerous chunks of rhetoric especially mm. in the I got confused because in two of the articles that I read, David Green, that dude from the Hobby Lobby, uh -huh. says specifically, you know, yes, we're talking about how Jesus loves the people that we hate, which is very a very confusing sentence to me on mm. the outside. If you proclaim yourself to be a Christian... Why do you hate anybody? Who, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the way that I instantaneously read after all of those pictures of clashes of mm. a Karen yelling at black people, a protester getting in the face of a cop in a SWAT right. gear, like all this stuff. And then the, the, the line, the tagline of the ad is he loves the people we hate. If you're talking to the marginalized, uh -huh. you're telling us because the only people who could possibly hate in this conversation is the people on the outside of the church because right. people in the church don't hate because that's kind of the whole deal. Obviously a lie, but mm -hmm. um, that we need to hate our oppressors right. or we need to love our oppressors because it's, it's, it's both sides in this situation. It's both sides in, you know, a line of SWAT cops and protesters in, dress who are protesting the fact that they are getting killed en masse by those cops. Mm -hmm. It is both sidesing the racism. It is both sidesing the homophobia. And that is 
in, that is propaganda, that is inherently dangerous, because what you're saying is, well, you hating the people who hate you and want to end your existence mm-hmm. is exactly the same as the people who hate you and want to end your existence. And we need to just set that as those, that difference aside. I can, which is, that's not they're drawing from Jesus teaching that you love your enemy. Be good to those who use you and persecute you. He says that that's part of his notion of turning the world upside down, essentially. Right. But what he meant by that was this eventually was the tactic that wore down Rome. Sure. Right, and it does work, but I think that... But to do it today... In this context, with this group of pictures, is... Yes. And and to do it today, when right. the, when <clears throat> Christian nationalism, which mm-hmm. is a fascist... Um, I don't even know... Ideology. Movement, ideology is a better is idea. The, is yes. the word that I'll better. use. Term. Um, Christian nationalism is a fascist ideology. It is very much on the rise, and his installed in maybe 40% of our country's political power right mm-hmm. now. To turn the cheek to that right. is to invite is to invite the genocide of basically the LGBTQ population right now. Right. And probably the genocide of the, of black Americans. If we just let them do what they want to do, because mm-hmm. we 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 approach them with love, and that's trans what, people will be. That's the difference. The decimated. kind of love that he's talking about, as uh, Jesus is, mm-hmm. is active. It's not passive. It's it's also making people aware of where you are and where. Because if you read the life of Christ, he's not passive ever. Right. Which right. was my problem when we were uh, for our other podcast watching the Last Temptation of Christ. Uh-huh. He's he, so oh, he's such a whiny. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's incredibly passive. A, it's like, no, that's not him at all. That's tough. Yeah, he's really dynamic. He's really jumping into it with both feet. He's really in people's faces all the time. And so, I, my feelings with it to to address that point. Yeah, I liked the the presentation, all the beautiful black and white photographs, because that's it an is aesthetic I appreciate. Beautifully done, and it is dangerous propaganda. However. My issue, and I do like the idea that there was an attempt to represent Jesus as separate from the church, which I think is a big deal. But I don't think that the job of doing this should not be up to a website. It should be up to the individual churches. And I think that there's a the point to be made there, too, as well. Well, that's the other thing is mm-hmm. there's a bait and switch here, right. no doubt, because this organization isn't there isn't a there there mm-hmm. they are allowing churches to sign up right. to give information to people who go to this website and want more information there's no vetting mm. they have a, a set of churches now and they presume that there will be more they think they are going to get up to twenty thousand different churches right. once again no vetting okay hey what happens when you don't vet in the church nothing good turns mm. out um and so we're doing a lot of bait and switches because they are targeting queer people and people on the fringes who have been sort of on the outs with Christianity because Christianity pushed them out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't them that did right. it. And now they're basically being linked up with their abuser. And it feels like 
you know, yeah, he punched you in the face in class, but I need you to shake hands and sign this piece of paper that you're both okay. Mm. Like, it's... Right. It's not... It's not okay. And it's dangerous to a lot of these kids because they may get back into situations that they don't know how to then get back out. The situation that I felt could happen if I was going to imagine scenarios, and this was something that one of the uh, people in the uh, links that we're going to share discussed. What about the gay teen who's coming to terms with themselves and they have this they're drawn into this movement and they get re- recommended to a church that then tells them that their way of life is wrong according to the scripture. Right. Not taking any kind of consideration to the fact that, as we've talked about, the scripture isn't the basis of Christianity, Jesus is. Right. Um, and that was uh, something that I was actually very happy with um, the current uh, Pope saying. It's like, no, we have biblical idolatry. We worship the Bible but and we should be worshiping God. God is separate from the Bible. And that was something that we discussed last time that we got together. And once again, to the people who listen, excuse us, we were both horribly sick. Yeah. And we were wheezing last week, so we wouldn't have made a very interesting podcast. But um, I think that it's, it's setting people up to fail because it's not being, as you're saying, no one's being vetted. Everyone who contributes is... And able to put their name down as a contact person. Nope. And on the back end, on the mm-hmm. He Gets Us Outreach site, which is specifically targeted to churches mm-hmm. and marketers who want to interact on the other side, right? Um, they have this paragraph. He Gets Us has chosen not to have our own separate statement of beliefs. Each participating church ministry will typically have its own language. Meanwhile, we will gen- we generally recognize the Laocene Covenant as reflective of the spirit and intent of this movement, and churches that partner with the explorers from He Gets Us affirm the Laocene Covenant. Co- Laocene Covenant. Do mm. you know what the Laocene Covenant is? It's not a pop quiz. I can tell you what it okay, is. Tell me what it is. Um, in 19- it's a 1974 covenant. Um, it's a unifying document in evangelical Christian churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's probably why I didn't recognize what it was. Itself was started by everybody's favorite, Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. So he wrote it basically, right. and they came up, uh, and they, they what, you can get it online. It's ninety six pages long, but fundamentally, it is. Um, well, one of the key pieces of it is that it decries the idolatry of disordered sexuality. Mm. It is virulently anti-gay, anti-trans. Yeah, this is 1974. Four. And so, the, but the churches to this is right. today on the website today. They're like, yeah, this right. this is what we're. What and we're Billy Graham himself with. changed his views as time went along. He, no, he did. He, he that was, might be so. He became but this, yes. This, if they're taking this statement as gosh why are we taking this as the truth i don't know it's not like it's the bible no not even the bible is you know as we just mentioned that shouldn't be the standard oh gosh yeah i'm going to send you a copy of this we're going to study it and we're going to do an episode on this because i think it's important okay um especially if this massive sort of shadow movement is happening and they're like Mm. we all we're all different but we all, but except that what, they are bringing in Catholic churches and things like that what, too, which definitely mm, right don't. Um, 
What bothers me is the fact that this is doing what members of the Christian church or specific Christian churches have done for centuries, which is, look at how wonderful our Savior is, by the way. If you are gay, if you are trans, you're not welcome. But look at how wonderful our Savior is, and they're doing the same thing then. They're fronting with Jesus as... The fact that somebody who claims to be an evangelical person, or claims to be a Christian outside of the evangelical, claims to be a Christian, can so casually toss off, well, Jesus loves who I hate. Right. I'm just like, why don't you hear that sentence Mm -hmm. and really fundamentally... Right, you should sit with it. Be that should anyone. be a comfortable right. thing for you to say, and you shouldn't have a like. Why are you hating? Yeah. Isn't ex- that explicitly against what you're supposed to be doing? Not anymore, apparently. Um, so that I think that's those are the points I wanted to mm. make. Um, fundamentally, we're looking at a lot of money going into the pockets of advertising companies and media companies up to a billion dollars in three years um, to shine up the name of Jesus Christ who does not need that help and would probably much prefer you to spend that billion dollars I don't know, literally anywhere else. Doing anything that he said to do. Honestly, if you spent a billion dollars on Mm. sex workers, he would probably be happier Mm -hmm. than with this. Because at least those people are getting taken care of and will be able to pay for their medicine and food. Like, which this billion dollars is going to go into the coffers of large companies that are going to use it to buy back stocks, probably. Mm. How is yeah. that forwarding? It's not. It's not. It's not doing anything. It's right. not doing anything, and it is pushing harmful propaganda, and could be very harmful too. Well, it's. I, I think that it's. It's propaganda in that there's no explanation for it. There's a slogan and a set of pictures, and you can, as I said, look back in Jesus' teaching and see where he said something like this. Mm-hmm. But it's not explained to you. It's not made clear yeah, to you what he no, was talking about. There's no context there's for no it. There's no context, yeah, exactly. And so, divorced from context, which is what the evangelical church does with Jesus all the time, um, more more often with others, but with Jesus particularly, is to sort of cite him out of context and then use that as an excuse for doing what they please. Yeah, it's 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 a... Uh, we knew it was not... I, I wanted to think that... <laughs> I wanted to believe it. But also, what... what if they had good intentions and it's awful to find out they don't. It feels like they don't have any intentions at all. Mm. Because fundamentally, what you're not trying to get anything. You're it feels like a tax shelter. It's still I said that before. It uh-huh. still feels like we're money laundering here. Because what is your intent here? It's not to expand Christianity to include more people. Right. Because you're not using inclusive churches because you're not using any churches that don't believe in this mm-hmm. this covenant um and you're not doing any kind of i mean i guess inclusive churches could sneak in since nobody is doing any kind of right. vetting but the crapshoot that a queer teen takes reaching out is not worth it so 
what what are you trying to get for your money? Mm, there doesn't seem to be any real intent other than I didn't want to actually help people. Mm. I wanted to say I was helping people. I didn't want to actually help people because if we raise people out of poverty, some of the the pie might go to them and then I won't have as much stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me is they just are it's a it's a smoke and mirror show so that they don't have to actually mm-hmm. help or again, do any kind of introverting th- or it, 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 you know introspection introspection mm-hmm. on why it's so comfortable for me to say the groups of people that I hate it's yeah <laughs> I just I am um, wild I, yeah it's I wanted to believe that they were doing something good because the way that they initially represented Jesus was he was a refugee. Mm-hmm. He, they Never were doing cares. actual, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Mary is a teenage mom, right? There's all sorts of things that are relevant that people don't seem, by and large, to know. I have these conversations with my coworkers sometimes. Right. Oh, and the, the Christians hated that teenage mom thing. Right. They were like, that's, don't, yeah. don't talk yeah, about she that. She was a teenage but mom. it's true. And also... And she was pregnant before she was married. You know, it feels like the uh, another thing they could be doing mm-hmm. with this money is putting it towards protective legislation right. but the other thing the signatory signatory that is is doing is putting money towards anti-trans bills anti-gay bills that are being passed at record numbers to this mm-hmm. country so now you'd mentioned that uh Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez yep. had made a statement. Yes. She tweeted, um, I don't think Jesus would be something happy to see a billion dollar, $20 million, would spend $20 million to make fascism look um, benign. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 thing on that, like the, the video on that that I was watching, had a problem with... Call, say using the word fascism they're like stop calling everything you don't like fascism which is not what was happening she was targeting christian nationalism right which is what is happening in this country and what they are trying to normalize and it is a fascist ideology so yeah. she wasn't wrong you might not like that the word fascism is um tied to your religion uh but then your religion should stop being fascist. I don't like. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think that there, and, and again, it's just like putting Christ forward so that you can deceive people into essentially going your own way. I, I really, that's what offends me the most about this. Yeah. And what offends me the most about Christian nationalism as a whole, because it's, you're holding out the promise of this person and that you're going to be like him and you're not. No. And your ideas and if your you were, views. They, people <clears throat> right. wouldn't, be turning their backs right. on the church in the numbers that they are. Yeah. They just wouldn't. It's, it's yeah, it's come to a point now where... And you, also they're targeting young people who are media natives. Yes, that's We true. are, and I am not, you know, I am part of the target demographic because I'm outside of the church, mm-hmm. but people my age and younger who is who they're targeting... Uh-huh understand what propaganda is understand what advertising is and understand that you're lying (laughs) like these are people a lot of them 
who have had experiences of church, the people who have rejected it, mm -hmm. and have had to separate themselves because of the sort of abuse they've had mm -hmm. or the lack of recognition. And this is, at the same time, trying to represent, again, just this incredibly woke, brilliant... Now, whether or not you believe, as I do, that this is God speaking to you, or you believe, possibly as you do, that this is a great person who just reached out to us. Either way, we cover both ends of the spectrum. Jesus is not the problem. No. At all. No, nope. I'm, is... I'm not going to a Christian church, but mm -hmm. it's not because of Jesus. Right. <laughs> and it's, but it's this misrepresentation. And you're saying, again, the term that you use is really accurate. It's a bait and switch. Mm -hmm. Here's what we're, this person who represents the best of us, but that's not who we are. We are these other people who discriminate and who don't follow these principles or these rules. I don't understand how it's gotten this bad. What I've come away from it, the, this particular issue with this particular movement is that, and I'm glad that you brought up the points that you did to make me understand a person who doesn't really um, go into the, the financial reasonings behind things. It's mm -hmm. I that I now understand that there are, beyond just the issues with what it, how it chooses to represent itself and the sort of bait-and-switch element mm -hmm. that's going to happen, is that there's also, it's just a product of trying to apply Jesus and sell it like a commodity. Yeah. And... And I, and I'm, yeah, and there's like no, no need for that. No. <laughs> like, it's not like, as we, I mean, there is a church every few blocks yeah. in our city. Yeah. And there are... I mean, evangelicals specifically, and you've mm -hmm. talked about this, fundamentalists... Right. ...really like to claim... Uh, persecution. Yes. And I would argue white evangelicals probably like to do it better than any other group mm. because white people... Right. I'm a white people. We really well, I wanna, we want to claim persecution. You know what we can't do? Claim persecution. Right. And so this feels like another way where they can go, oh yeah, this is, you know, look at how how bereft we are and it's right. like you're the most powerful group look what you're yes. running three this 33 of our states like what are you even talk what are you talking about yeah it seems as if there's a it's a backlash against the idea that they lost power after the death of people like Jerry Falwell who was a kingmaker back in the day right and it also feels like there's a fundamental misunderstanding and this i think maybe comes from whiteness and white supremacy of if everybody doesn't do what I want them to do, I'm being persecuted. Right. And that's not how no, no. it works. It's like, and again, we've discussed this before. We have a friend who traveled in Egypt and she saw Coptic Christians genuinely persecuted. Yes, yes. And they there were, have been... Right, there are actual Christians, Christians in the world. Being persecuted. The, the Uyghurs, in, right. Right? Or those are Muslims, but it's, it's... But religious persecution is an actual thing. Yes. In... Tibet, right? Where yes. people aren't even allowed to practice their, sure. the religion that came from the... That would be the equivalent of you know who a foreign country from... invading Rome right. and saying you can't practice Catholicism. That's ridiculous. He, the only people who've been religiously persecuted in this country mm -hmm. to any large extent were the indigenous. Yes. Who were beaten out of their beliefs. 
um, and then put in mass graves as children. They lost their religion and they lost their language. But Christians, as we you inside your own home, do whatever you we, want. As when you say that we're persecuted, you say, or we need this advertising campaign to pull us back from where? From where? From where? We started with all right. Speaking as a person of the faith, we started with twelve people. That's it. Yep. And now you're most of the people. Right. So the thing is. The ability for the actual Christian church to survive anything, the waves of persecution, the, the genuine persecution under Roman emperors, under in, in European countries, when it was made illegal in France, there was all sorts, we've survived so much, this is not, we, we don't need to advertise, we just need to behave ourselves. No, and what's going what's gonna to, if the Christian church mm. is going to be destroyed, it's going to destroy itself. Capitalism is probably what will destroy the Christian church. But it, the, the calls will be coming from inside the house. Right. Yes, I personally don't think that... I mean, it's always going to be around, but I don't mind a smaller, finer Christianity if it means that the people inside are genuinely... If you're genuinely Christian. Right. And not this kind of... Because the problem right, right now is I think... Belief. That of the people who consider themselves Christian in this country uh-huh. and the people who act like Christians in this country, it's less than half. Yeah, uh, that could be. It's probably significantly less than half. It's probably about 25% and it's none that we and see. And what it needs to be is the people who, I, I think we need to, as the church, not you, but as the church need to, reach out to the people who are just sitting there on the bench going, okay, you have to decide now what what we're going to do because we can't keep we can't keep people out. This is not what Jesus did. This is not who we were about. This is not why he went through all the trouble that he did. Assuming, as I do, that Jesus is God, he did not go through this trouble so that we can drop the ball. Next up... Lemuel leads us into the light, and the more you know. So, last episode we looked into the nature of God. It was too big a subject for one conversation, but we touched on a few details that were important. God is greater than the way uh, they're depicted in the Bible. God is greater than limitations and rules. We also discussed that the idea of God has changed over time. God is mentioned in the book of Genesis as a limited being, who can be surprised or have his plans interfered with. By the book of Exodus, God is closer to what we know. I am, a mysterious and all-powerful being who we compel to obey. He grants us favor if we are faithful. By the later books, the prophets Jeremiah or Isaiah, God is even more mysterious and his motivations are equally difficult. When we come to Jesus as God, the quality of mystery is overwhelming, and Jesus does little to dispel it. Jesus explains that God is too great to understand and reveals only the things that we can understand. Whatever else God is, God is love. God is connected with everyone and sees us as his children. So what are we addressing about God today? The good and bad places, and maybe the places in between. Today we start a discussion on the big question, what happens after we die? We're going to quote the Bible, but we also have to remember that the Bible is not the basis of Christianity. The Bible is a collection of 66 books compiled over many years. It's been edited over time by many scholars, and that can include different books. According to the church, 
the Catholic Church, 73 books. The Protestant Church, 66. The African Orthodox, 84. Those examples alone show the diversity of what is accepted as the basis of a faith. And they can include something close to mythology and other things that are tangible history. So, what happens to you when you die? What do you think? It depends on my mood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not that's a joke, but also I don't think it's a joke. <laughs> I, of all of the world religions, I'm probably closest to Buddhism mm-hmm. in their cosmological thoughts. Like, if I think of God, I think of, like, sort of the energy that is in everything. That's how, right? right? Um, I, I'm about 80-20 on reincarnation. Um, and here's what I fundamentally don't believe in. Hell. Or purgatory. Um. I don't believe in in any kind of eternal suffering or damnation. Uh, and if I'm wrong, then I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm just not that. That's to to live on this earth for two minutes to a hundred years. No matter the even the worst, most depraved person, and I'm talking about Hitler here. Mm-hmm. The idea of eternal torture, like, that's wildly out of proportion with anything a human can do on this, on this earth. Um, so I sort of am like, whatever energy makes me up doesn't go anywhere. Can't create matter or energy like it just is in the universe. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go live in a star. Maybe I'll become a snail. I don't. I don't know. But I don't think I'm going to go to hell, and I don't think anybody else is going to go to hell. Even though I do think that some people should go to hell, <laughs> but only for like a minute. Like right. that's the thing. If hell's as bad as they say it is, it won't take long. You know so what I mean? <laughs> the um, what do you think Christianity? Because there's a there's it's one of those things where people have an idea about what we believe about what happens after you die. So what would you say as a person who is not, not in the church? Well, it depends on which church you're yeah. with. But um, like, do Protestants believe in purgatory? Uh, some of them do. It's annoying. So fundamentally, my understanding of the the post life cosmology is immediately upon death you are judged very much like the Egyptians would do uh-huh. maybe not with the weight of your heart but you know judge which I think is a lovely image I actually I do too I, I like that I'm like hey it's pretty good um, it's a good story at the right. very least because yes fundamentally we're all existing on this planet in this life what happens after is fundamentally unimportant to who we are here. So could we just all be cool here? <laughs> like, no, is the answer I've I've learned. But uh, you are judged, and you are shipped off to one of three right. fates, be it 
whatever heaven is and mm-hmm. every heaven's a complicated thing and i'm i think it's probably as personal as it could possibly be like just like i believe there are you know eight billion as as many people on this planet that's how many faiths there are right. that's how many heaven versions of heaven there are um, and if you're going to believe in heaven, it has to be a personal heaven yeah. because your heaven isn't heaven to me. Like right. that's just not how it's going to, that's just fundamentally not how people work. Mm. There is not going to be one experience universally. Like if you said, oh, you're going to spend your whole family, your whole afterlife with the family. Oh, oh that God, sounds no. No, no. dreadful and terrible. I don't want it. No, thank right. you. Um, that is a version of hell to me. <laughs> so, and to you. Right. Yes, it is. So Absolutely. that, I mean, clearly heaven is a, so if there is a reward, a heaven reward, that is as personal as it could be. And I couldn't mm. possibly explain what that would be. And frankly, I wouldn't even know what it is for me. Right. It's not like, I don't think you have to write a fucking five, or <laughs> I don't think you have to write a five paragraph essay on what heaven is to you, and then suddenly that's what appears around you. I think if that is the reward system, it's just a known quantity. You get to go into something like a holodeck, and it is perfect. It is whatever you need it to be. Option two: a little bit of torture for a long time, uh-huh. and by a little bit, I mean kind of a kind of a lot. But right. that's the purgatory, right? Until you have cleansed yourself of whatever sin you have on you and presumably we all do so I don't know how anybody thinks they're getting to heaven but that's fine and then you get to go to heaven afterwards or you're just a real POS and nobody wants to deal with you and then your personal holodeck is just torture forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever a period of time that we cannot comprehend which sounds insane because like I said measurably Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Right. You murdered one person, say. Christianity would torture your soul for eternity. What? Mm. Like, that's... It, it's it's mind-boggling to be like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing I'm going to sign up to believe. Like, no, 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 because everybody messes up. Now, granted, straight-up murder is not messing up. And like I said, Hitler falls in this category. So, yeah, I would like to think there is some kind of cosmic justice, but an eternity of torture is not cosmic justice. It's not just that. It's not justice. It's, It's an interesting topic because those are the conceptions that most people have not real. And that was the conceptions that I think in a lot of the church they sort of run with because that's what we can gather, but it's not actually what's said. Uh, as with most of Christianity, things like this are left unsaid and people kind of make up their own rationale about it. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about who the devil is and she's like, well, who is this person? And I said, well, we don't know and there's very little on this person. Um, it's not a Person. Right. It's a person in terms of it has its personality. But when we um when we look at what happens in Christianity after we die, yes, those are the places that we've mentioned. And there were others before. There were other ideas. Uh one of them, thank God that idea is over, which is that there were places where unbaptized infants went and spent right. eternity. Thank God that was done with. 
It um, just it was because it just, all that, that did was feels like that was unmitigated their, cruelty. That was there just to frighten people into baptizing their children. That's all it was there for. But what we want to discuss is that we'll have three separate episodes discussing working our way up from including this one or no, three more episodes. Three more. Okay. The, from the bad place to the good place. Okay, so we're going to talk about hell, hell purgatory, purgatory, and heaven, and heaven, okay. and how those are also ideas that have come over time, and how they've developed and changed, and how it, um, the notion of eternal punishment is being questioned because that's something that really wasn't discussed in the biblical idea. Heaven is forever. Yeah, the but, idea of eternal punishment right. just feels out of whack. And I don't know why that idea inspired... It's inspired a great deal of art. Yeah, um, sure. It's in, in the notion that... Uh, I, I think in a lot of ways, evil or the things that are evil, uh, that get represented as evil, aren't generally. Depending on who you ask. There are people who believe that homosexuality is evil, is a moral wrong. Any it's obviously wrong. That's a wrong love belief. Love is not evil. Right. Uh, there are people who believe that... Um, um, let me be very clear. Consensual love between adults is not evil. Sorry. Okay, there we are. Because way too many people are like, I love this child, and I'm like, no. No, no, no. No, no, no mind no. you, here, there's a good example. Jesus brings up hell. He brings up hell into context. Religious hypocrites and people who abuse children for any reason. Yeah, good. So, once again, points for Jesus. But I think that it will. There, there, what I really want to discuss is the, the notion that these ideas have solidified over time or congealed is a better way of putting it, but these aren't the ideas that started, or when we, uh, when the faith began, these ideas were not set in stone, and they shouldn't be now. Because as Jesus did, he was going on about how, this is so far above us, we won't be able to understand it, so I'm going to create a picture for you, but that picture is not the actual thing. Right. And so, I think a good way of describing that, or trying to relate that to people now is, um, oh, the, the, when I was a kid, I'm looking at a picture on a wall in a biology class that shows the, the development of man from other hominids. And I used to believe that picture actually literally happened in that kind of su succession. And that's not the way that it happened at all, but that's the way that the picture that we created. And so I think for a lot of people, they'll look at a story and just believe that's the truth rather than what was behind it, or right. the element, or the, the feeling behind it. I'm not sure that um, that weighing a heart was ever a literal interpretation of that belief. However, it is a beautiful image that we can carry with us. Like, wow, that's interesting about how your heart is weighed down and how it becomes lighter, and as you leave behind these things, and you're found just and righteous. So, that's what we're going to be discussing. Excellent. Thus the title of our episode, and then okay. you pass on, and then what happens oh, yeah. after that. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you like it, please subscribe and leave us a review. And you should probably share it with a friend. 
We have an Internet Home Without Works podcast.com. Our show notes and links to stories we talk about can be found there. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter for now at withoutworkspod and on Facebook at withoutworkspodcast. All that information is in fun clickable links on the website, so go over there and check them out. I've been Amity. He's been Lemuel. And we urge you to go out and do something good. Yeah!